Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment. This is episode 45. John, can you believe that? I cannot. Almost a year's worth of podcast, Jim. That's, that's uh, it, you know, you think about the things we've talked about during the course of the last almost year, and I can't think of a more relevant, immediate, needed, we always talk about mental health, we talk about inspiring your staff, I mean, those are important, but right now, the world's kind of been thrown a curveball, uh, no, they've, they've been hit by 17 curveballs, and, and we're all taking to the platforms and beginning to have conversations that in many times are doing more harm than good, and I'd like to introduce our guest again today, uh, the, the president of North Point Bible College, J.P. Dorsey. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Great to be with you guys again. Thanks so much for joining us again. In the last episode, you gave us uh, something that was simple. Uh, Baptist slash Pentecostal all started with the letter I. Remind us, what are, the, what are the three I's? Before you post, you should ask yourself these three questions. Well, do, uh, do I have anything interesting to say? Uh, actually, value. Uh, we talked about, if people listen back to the other podcast, we talked about kind of a little bit of information distribution, what our responsibility is there. Uh, we informed what we're saying actually true. I wish we didn't have to say that, but uh, maybe just a simple Google search, you know, before we go ahead and throw it up there would be fantastic. And uh, is the influence appropriate? Are we keeping in mind that the people that we're interacting with on a social media platform are, are probably different than the people that are in our church? They don't know us. They don't know our background. They don't know our story. We don't have a relationship with them. And is the influence that we're trying to exert over them uh, maybe a little bit of an oversell for the level of relationship that we have? Right. You know, one of the things we try to do, uh, John or JP, is uh, both of you, is that we, we've got, there's influencers, like people that listen to this are generally listening to this because they lead organizations, they, they serve people, and they want to do it better. And so what would, what would be the best piece of advice? Those three eyes are awesome. But just, just you know, that, that uh, what advice, or maybe even warning? Uh, I, I think sometimes advice, you go, yeah, yeah, but warning, I, I, I listen differently. What, just, just give us the left hook of truth. Um, to leaders, to influencers about social media, and, and really its potential for harm and its potential for good? Well, yeah, so I, I think it does have incredible potential for good, but I think the challenge is that um, the, I, I think that when you communicate in the context of relationship, you get, some, you, get, you get some slop in there. And let me explain that. Scripture actually says that where, you know, that love, covers a multitude of sin that if john and jim and you not you and i know each other and we've got history and we've got relationship i do something crazy or stupid you're going to see that in context of of our relationship and i'm going to get a little a little give and take in there um that that's normal that's good you do not have that allowance on social media many many people there the only way they know you is through these very concise uh, communications. And uh, I love the old Mark Twain, right? He was asked to write a, uh, an article and he said, you know, is it a long one or a short one? And he said, if it's a long one, I can have it done in a week. You know, if it's a short one, it'll take two months. It is much actually more difficult to say something concise and surgical and clear uh, than it is to have a, a, an extended discourse or conversation about something. And so, I think that the, the real danger is, is that people approach it um, as though it is more casual communication than longer discourse and that it has as much play in it 
when in fact it's actually much, much more technical and longer conversations because it is that it's surgical in nature and doesn't get that slop kind of in it that you could have from relationship. Doesn't have charity, a little bit of grace built into it. And we see that, right? I mean, people hinge on one word that somebody says wrong and that becomes a pivot point for a very, very uh, challenging uh, kind of conversation, whether it has to do with the race conversations we're having or COVID or the government. People hinge on just the wrong adjective or the wrong whatever. And, and if I'm being honest, I think rightfully so sometimes. Like if you're going to be a person of influence in that context, please, please, please do take care and choose your words carefully. Right. Because it is different than speaking in the context of relationship. Again, back to that, is it influence appropriate? Yeah. Uh, and, and in that particular situation where there's no relationship, the influence you have needs to be crystalline clear. So I, I think that's maybe the big, for me, I think people should maybe give a little, if they're going to do it, things uh, that matter, take your time, uh, craft your language, use language well. You know, JP, um, as you were, you used the word context, I, I think back to many of the posts that I, I've done on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and thinking to myself, boy, there's not enough context to put that in or to post that people are not going to understand what I mean because I'm thinking about this, this subject or this topic from a larger context. And if I just give them a pithy one or two sentence deal, they could take that and run with it in a direction sure. that goes totally, almost totally opposite of what I sure. meant. I mean, can sure. you speak to that uh, a little bit? Well, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a, a, a great question because I think, you know, our, our temptation, and when I say temptation, I don't even mean that it's bad. I just mean that we, we need to exercise caution, um, is to want to speak to everything that's important. And I actually think that's maybe a good thing, but the more important something is, the more likely there is to be misunderstanding context and so on and so forth. And I'll give you a, a, a maybe more of a an oral communication example of this. So, you know, my wife and I do marriage conferences all the time. And one of the words we have to be so careful with today in our culture is the word abuse. Because um, on, on the one hand, we absolutely 100% without qualification want to be on the side of those who have been harmed, who have been injured. But on the other hand, um, we do have a, a little bit of a situation in our culture where, especially in the church, we have become, uh, we've come to the place where I think we're so unhealthy that we can't absorb any wrongdoing toward ourselves. And so when someone wrongs us in any way, shape or form, we automatically classify it as abuse. And so it actually diminishes true abuse. But so, so my wife and I in this context are talking about, you know, that our goal, right, in marriage is to love people as, as Christ. Like a person should experience Christ by their spouse. That implies that I have been hurt by my spouse and now I'm going to forgive them. So they experience gospel, right, in our, in our marriage. And we have had to really hone that articulation because the number of, of um, often females who come up afterwards and, and, and believe what you are saying is that, that I should allow myself to be abused uh, is, you know, the last thing we would want is to add to someone who already has injury. And so you're honing that language and really crystallizing that language um, 
And so I just think, you know, if you're going to speak to things that, that are moving people deeply, that involve hurt and pain and trauma, uh, all those sorts of things, boy, get that articulation down uh, as, I mean, it, it, there's a reason that when you get into those kinds of subjects that there are statements, professional statements crafted. And it's yeah. not always because someone's trying to play politics. It's because they're trying to genuinely be mindful right. of the feelings of a diverse group of people while moving things forward at the same time. Very challenging. Uh, JP, in the last podcast, you gave us three eyes, uh, and they were interested. Uh, do you have anything interesting to say? Are you informed and uh, understand your influence? Uh, are there two more eyes? I think. Yeah, I got two. I got two positives, two eyes to avoid. Two more. So two more positives, two eyes to avoid. Okay. Should we through those quickly? Yeah. Please. Yeah, I didn't know you had them. That's great. Yeah. Oh, we oh we got more eyes. We got more. <laughs> Um, so, like you said last week, we, we talked about uh, having something to say, interesting, informed, influence appropriate. The next one would be that it should be uh, intentionally pastoral. And let me explain what I mean by that. We should always be trying to figure out how do we move people forward. This is ultimately about how we are helping other people, not whether I'm making myself feel better by venting. Uh, if you need to vent, go for a walk in the woods. Uh, you know, if, if you want to say something meaningful, you know, I always think about it like this, you know, the, if the goal is to get to the top of Mount Everest, every single person who ever got there got there the same way. They took one step and then they took another and they took another. And often, you know, especially visionary people, right? They're like, we want people at the top of Mount Everest, but then we expect like vertical leap from ground level up to the top. And um, we have to be very, very mindful about where people are at and what they're ready to absorb at any given moment. And uh, the, the example that um, we always use uh, about this with students uh, actually involves these two artists. Um, some people will probably be familiar with the name Wazili Kandinsky, who's a very famous uh, artist from the early 20th century. His works are in New York City. Jim's laughing at me. That, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea who that is, JP. Yeah, I, I totally saw his video on MTV last night. I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're dating yourself by saying video. I know. I know. <laughs> So if you go to uh, the Museum of Modern Art or Guggenheim in, in New York City, you'll see his paintings are fantastic. He worked with another guy named Laszlo Moholy-Nagy. They both ran the Baja School of Art in Germany. And both of them were very, very concerned that modernism, right? So this desire to like figure out how much space do we need and how, how to make everything more efficient was actually really destroying people. And because it was turning people into products, cogs in a machine, we definitely still feel the effects of that movement today. And, um, Wazili Kandinsky, in his artwork, basically said, we're going to burn this thing down. I'm going to pure abstraction. I'm making paintings that the only thing they do is just make people feel something. There are really no, no sort of um, practical value. And Maholi Nagy said, no, let's not do that. Let's, let's actually inject and infuse meaning and art into things that people use so that then it will influence them and they will feel the benefit of not participating in modernity and wanting to be around beautiful things and things that are meaningful and, and require craftsmanship and so on and so forth. And Vasily Kandinsky today, his paintings hang in the Museum of Modern Art. Uh, people who are geeks like me know who they, what they are and who he is and we go see them. But on the other hand, Laszlo Monholy Nagy started the Chicago School of Design, which influenced Herman Miller, the Eames brothers, and today probably every single one of us have furniture in our home that is influenced by the aesthetic of modernism meeting craft and beauty that Laszlo Monholy Nagy started. 
And I think oftentimes as communicators, we're like, we protest what is happening. And so we're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mic drop this thing. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna absolutely destroy this thing. And yeah, we get to do that. We get to be right. But at the end of the day, uh, it ends up being a, a footnote in history. Whereas what we probably should be doing is listening to Laszlo Maholinaki and say, how do we actually take where people are at and inject something meaningful into that that moves them one step down the path? Mm -hmm. um, we, we talk about the idea uh, in the classroom of using you know, electricity, right? You know, electricity can be used to shock someone back to life after they have a heart attack or can kill somebody. It all depends on how much you give them at the same time. And I think that um, Laszlo Maholinaki understood that understood that the goal was to make people better not to be right and um you should uh, say that again say yeah. that again yeah so so the the goal then being you know laszlo maholinaki understood that the goal is to is to help people to move people forward to make them healthier to make them more like jesus not necessarily to get them to some mythological place of rightness ultimate rightness like us yeah, that's really that's, that's great. but i've changed my mind over the last little bit about some things so yeah. the that I am some purveyor of ultimate rightness about all things is, is mythological anyway. So it's like, hey, I'm on this path. How do I, how do I get you to move down a path too uh, with me in a way that's productive? So um, I, I think we just have to get better at being pastoral uh, and say something that's important. And like I said, again, we're talking to people who actually want to be an influence. If all you care about, you know, is talking to people that, that are your friends, that's totally fine, totally acceptable. Do that. Put a picture of your dog. I put pictures of my dog. I love my dog. Um, <laughs> But if you want to say something more than that, um, you know, say something that actually matters. Do speak to the things that matter, but do that intentionally, carefully, with craft, in a way that, that abides by those positives. On the negative side, a couple of things we don't want to do, and gosh, these should be common sense, but, but I think you, would, you know, all three of us would say it doesn't seem to be the case if we were to look at our social media feeds. And the first is don't be, don't be impulsive. You know, ask myself, is this? Am I reacting to a very specific situation? And let me give you a couple examples of that. Am I actually re reacting to a personal situation that I should be handling directly, mm -hmm. right? Uh, this is not a place for passive aggressive behavior. This is not a place where I saw and now I'm gonna respond passively aggressively to somebody else. If you really have a problem with what somebody said and you call yourself a leader or an influencer, act like it, get a hold of them and have a conversation one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if you're seeing themes and you want to interact with that, like you've got a whole bunch of people, you know, maybe that is appropriate to respond, but you're going to do that in a way that is not personal, that makes it clear that, hey, there is this, there is this idea and I'd like to interact with it and good people believe it. You know, you're going to put all that padding around it, that you're not just trying to, to be impulsive and, and start an argument off that person's post because you're afraid of interacting with them in a way that's um, don't be driven by emotion instead of actual information. Again, you know, are we actually doing the reading and the research? And um, boy, we could go down if we had time a whole list of issues where our feeling is not always the most accurate. One of the examples uh, I love, you know, is pe people, of course, are, you know, scared of sharks and so on and so forth. And I love the statistic that like, what, three or four times more people are killed by falling coconuts than sharks. You know, but very few of us walk by the coconut island and we're like, oh, you know, <laughs> our, our, our anxiety level rises because, you know, we respond to, to emotionally to things rather than, than data-drivenly to things sometimes. And then the last I would just be, you know, don't be insensitive. And, and I actually think it's really important that I think we've got right now, there's a real danger that we are trading uh, kingdom influence for other kinds of influence all the time. Mm -hmm. 
Agreed. people are wanting um, political influence. They're wanting to have a kind of influence with a group of people who maybe are uh, already enraged or, or angry or hurt or disenfranchised. And again, some of that may be valuable, but it's about doing it ethically. And um, I, I give you a simple example. And I, I hope if you want to edit this out, you can. I don't, I don't mean to be specific about it, but just to give a very concrete example, uh, uh, we're here in the state of Michigan. Our governor, uh, Gretchen Whitmer, some people have uh, felt very challenged about the way that she's uh, handled things. Um, but, you know, to watch people who profess to be Christ followers, um, some of whom are leaders, post things where, you know, it shows pictures of her and accuses her of being a secret transvestite. And I've seen this multiple times yeah. from leaders in Christian communities. Yeah. Um, that, that is, that is, that is, you're, that you have just made the worst bargain of your life. You've given up influence with anybody who might be LGBT with a cheap shot. You've given up influence with people who might really feel, feel vulnerable and feel like the governor is doing a good job. You've given up influence with people who might be trending towards being a little more democratic than Republican. You've given up all that influence uh, to do something for Jesus to make a cheap shot. Uh, against the governor, it's 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 really really unfortunate, uh, and and I think you know people right now are angry, and angry anger is almost always rooted in fear, and so I was just tell myself, hey, if someone's angry, let me ask myself a better question: what are they afraid of? Because God has empathy for people who are afraid, who are feeling vulnerable, who are feeling anxious, and I want to be a part of that. So instead of responding with anger, instead of responding by you know flaming somebody out. Um, I think instead of responding, going, hey, they're angry. I wonder why. What are they afraid of? I wonder, you know, if there, is the reason they're angry at Donald Trump or the reason they're angry at Gretchen Whitmer? Like, let me, let, me, let me pull back from the politics. Let me pull back from that. Let me ask, what are they afraid of? Yeah. I help them with that. Because that's a kingdom question. You know, that's, that's, that, that's the right kind of question, in, in my view, anyway, from my perspective. So, JP, that's so good. If, could you just run through those eyes one more time for, for us and for those that are listening to the podcast today? Sure. Uh, so say something interesting, for goodness sake. Um, Augustine, one more quote, Augustine said, I'd rather you preach. Uh, he said, I'd rather listen to an interesting heretic, heretic uh, than someone <laughs> boring and orthodox. Uh, I think we can all agree with that. You know, an interesting heretic wins any day. Uh, so say something interesting, say something informed, say something that's influence appropriate to the level of influence you actually have with the people that you're talking to. Don't presume we have leadership over people that we don't. Uh, intentionally pastoral, like how am I moving people forward one step at a time? And say something on important issues. If you're going to have a voice, use it to do something that's meaningful. But again, with all those other qualifications, the two eyes to avoid, don't be impulsive. Don't post when you're angry. Don't post when you're upset. Don't post in regard in response to a specific situation. Uh, that right now you're feeling deeply or a particular person. And then don't be insensitive. You know, be mindful that, that we're here on a redemptive mission and we should be, be asking better questions than how do I win. Our questions are more like, hey, how do I help? And how do I move you forward? And how do I, how do I help you apply the gospel, the life-giving gospel of Jesus Christ to your life where you're at right now? So those would be five that we do, two that we don't. That's what John, or JP, you could have said, how do I help versus how do I win? And just drop the microphone. And that could have been the whole last two episodes. So I think if there's anything missing, it, it is a sense of, of uh, I'm here to help versus I'm here to win. I'm here to defend my territory, my ideology, my political, my race, my, instead of saying, how do we help people with our words? If you look at the, the Garden of Eden, words were used for creation, for blessing, and for setting an order. 
And it's not until after the fall that the blame and the shame game starts. And I, I think having that, that guideline of we are, we're here to create things that, that God wants that doesn't yet exist. We're here to place in order. We're here to bless. And those, those three things is, uh, I, I love that. We're here to help people. We're the salt. We're the light. So right. thanks so much for your time. It, it has <laughs> it evaporated once again, just incredibly fast. And uh, I, I just like to thank you and, and uh, of course, John for your wisdom and just your ability to communicate so clearly again, by using the letter I over and over again, there's a good chance <laughs> I've got like five of these already without, without even looking at my notes, I've got them. So John, if we want to continue this conversation with you, what's the best way to continue that talk? Jim, uh, if uh, somebody would like to talk with us, they can go to convergecoach.com, hit the converse, start a conversation button and uh, we'll begin to talk. Great. And JP, if someone wants to know more about North Point Bible College, like what's what's the best way to get a hold of you? Oh yeah, sure. They can uh, they can either jump on uh, on the website northpointgr.org, or they'd be happy to uh, jump on Facebook and if you just pop North Point GR in there, it'll pop right up and be happy to help them any way we can. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure standing on your shoulders. You guys are giants. God bless you. And as always, we're just here to serve you as you continue to lead from a line.